Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 So we're here for comic book shopping, our first ever international episode, and I'm here with Mysterio himself, Jake Gyllenhaal. Going on. It's just the beginning of the absurd things I've done in my career. We can fly out of this scene. <laughs> cosmic him. energy flavor. Cosmic energy flavor. Love it. So we're here at Orville Comics. We are very far from home, and we're here to promote Spider-Man Far From Home. Are you ready to do some comic book shopping? Totally. Let's get some comics. All right. Happy Monday, everyone. Today on Movie Talk, we are reviewing the Avengers Endgame re-release footage. And then on top of that, we've got our first trailer for the new Jumanji movie. There's a pretty big twist in the trailer that I didn't see coming. I am so excited to get into that because we have an A-plus panel today. An A-plus panel to talk about Avengers Endgame, Jumanji, and my favorite Monday topic. It's box office. Nikki Novak and John Roca are on the We're desk back. today. Hey, well, let's do it. Let's do this you guys doing? Good, I love these topics today. I'm let's so go. excited. There, there is a lot to yeah. cover. We are going to jump right into it with this Avengers Endgame re-release footage. And someone's already pointed out in the live chat that technically it's not really a re-release. Or is it? Because it's not like the movie ever was completely removed from theaters. But... For the sake of clarity here, we're calling it the re-release footage, and I'm going to tell you right off the top, we are going to tell you exactly what they screen. so if you do not want any spoilers and you want to go experience it for yourself, do not watch this conversation. That being said, I'm going to list off the three items they screened right now. So number one was a tribute to Stan Lee. Number two was a scene that was removed from the movie with the Hulk in it. It was an unfinished scene. And then the third thing was a scene from Spider-Man Far From Home. So you guys mm. saw the footage. 
Do you think that that footage is worth someone paying the price to go catch the movie again in theaters? Go real uh, I think it isn't at all. I think it's like buying something or winning something at a fair. You get home and the seams come off of the stuffed oh, doll that you got. And you're like, oh, gotcha. Uh, I was really surprised at, at the lowest common denominator type of scenes they put in here. Yes, the tribute to Stanley is beautiful. It's fantastic. But the Hulk scene's unfinished. It adds nothing to the movie other than introducing Homie from Die Hard. And then you get, and then you get a, uh, the scene that you're going to get anyway because you're going to go see Spider-Man Far From Home anyway. So there really isn't anything to attract you to come down and see this movie again, which is why I think it's not going to break Avatar's record because this is not enough to get people in the movie. If they'd done an alternate ending scene, then yes, people would have gone in droves to see what else they would have done. But unfortunately with this, I just don't see... I know we made about 7 to $8 million this weekend, but I don't think it's going to build upon that much more. I think the uh, estimates, <clears throat> the box office numbers haven't come in for actuals yet, but the yeah. estimates right now have it at $5.5 5 And I totally agree with you. I think the way for them to have made that money to maybe come closer yeah. to catching Avatar would have been, hey, put the scene with Catherine Langford in there or oh, something yeah. that everyone was getting all hyped sure. about. You guys know how much I love Avengers Endgame, and I really want to see it in theaters over and over and over again. But looking at what the ending of it was looking at what the footage at the very end was i was surprised they did that because yeah. i had so much more faith in marvel to actually put something there that was worth everyone's while and agreed the stanley tribute is beautiful it is. i wouldn't be surprised if something like that was released online eventually and i hope it would yeah. because i want everybody to see it but out of all things you pick that hulk scene it it didn't even mean anything and i know a deleted scene might get folks confused if it had like a major bomb mm -hmm. in it that completely you know yeah. changed mcu canon but that scene in particular I mean, it's obvious why it's a deleted scene i actually think that in the context of the movie reintroducing hulk and introducing professor hulk mm -hmm. was a much stronger moment in that comedic scene in the restaurant right. than what we saw here so the fact that i'm like oh good thing you cut that out that's not right. what you want to walk away from this from. I wasn't that with. surprised by what they re, what they in the re-release. Mm. I didn't actually expect more than what they released. I kind of knew what it was going to be, or thought I knew what it was going what it was going to be going into it. I'm sort of I think the same as you though. I kind of think, well, yeah, they must have so much in their arsenal. I mean, you hear the actors talk all the time about they shoot all this stuff and they don't even know what ends up in the movie. Mm. You got to think like all the stuff they have on the cutting room floor. Like there's so much there that they could have. But again, I think maybe it could have been different plot points and it would confuse people or open up the conversation where people would say, oh, I like that avenue better than the avenue they went down. Or, I guess, or maybe save stuff for the DVD and Blu-ray release. I maybe guess. that's it. I mean, or even like a Captain America thing that would have fleshed that out a little bit to understand how that timeline works, how they both can coexist, or a little more about the explaining of the time travel. You know, Silas wrote that great article, uh, Silas Lesnick, front of the show, wrote that great article explaining the time travel. I'd like to see a little bit more of the explanation within the film itself. So the fact that this has absolutely no meat on the bone at all is a rare misstep from the MCU. That's that I was surprised. Said, and Kevin Feige. That said, did you tear up over the Stan Lee stuff? Because I definitely teared up over well, it. I thought, and and that was sort of a lot of stuff that you haven't seen before, mm -hmm. some behind the scenes stuff. Well, and yeah. and you know the way that they shot the scene with Thor, I thought that was a cute moment. There was some like really sweet stuff in there that I yeah. appreciated that. But I, I mean personally, I think it's one of those things. 
did they re- did they talk about this extra footage just to get people to go, or is it one of those things where you go, I was going to go see it anyway. It'll be a nice bonus kind of thing. Mm. Or were I they, had, do you really think they were trying to dangle the carrot that hell much? That's, yes. that's what it felt like to yeah. me. And I've been saying the exact opposite since the day we heard about this. Is like it's got to be something good. It's got to be something yeah. even that paves the way to Spider Man Far From Home in a more creative way than just plopping a scene from that movie at the end of it and. What it ended up feeling like to me is the exact opposite of what I've been hoping for all this time, which is basically, I, I have to use the term cash grab. This was this was blatantly a move to make more money to catch Avatar, and I don't blame them. If you come that close after all these years to the biggest grossing movie of all time worldwide, you're going to want to catch it, and I don't I don't blame them for trying to do no, this, but not at all. I, I think there the was thing. there was a better yeah. way to do it where it could have justified, justified the fans' dollars and cents, mm-hmm. and also probably have gotten them closer to that number. But think about it this way, too. Mm-hmm. We've all seen spider-man but for the people that haven't they go to see this first and sure. then they see the spider-man sure. scene will it get them to go oh now i really want to go see spider-man well, it's who kind wasn't of, gonna go see it who was gonna see Avengers yeah. yeah i mean like, who was like it, oh you know what now i'll go <laughs> no they're always gonna go see it but it <laughs> right. may be one of those things like people get together and they're like let's go see endgame and then we're gonna go and then we get fired up to see spider-man yeah but in the end you know and by the way there was a stanley tribute at the end of the christmas version of deadpool 2 so there already was a version of a tribute to stanley yeah. mm-hmm. this one just kind of uh, uh i don't know it was a longer one as and it was nice and you're right it was nice but in the end this does feel like a cash grab and this does feel exa- so all those people got upset at people like me and adam chitwood who were saying this was kind of like should have been an asterisk or kind of isn't the right way to go about it we're kind of validated now to an issue with it because it is a cash grab and I actually blame them for doing it because sometimes you got to take an L and it's okay to take an L. But would you it didn't it? quite get there. But no, I wouldn't have done it. You wouldn't have done the cash grab? I think it tarnishes the film and I makes it seem all. like you're naked for money rather than art. No. And I, think, and I know I'm, it's weird for me to be on this side, mm. but I think it does tarnish it a little bit by making them seem super money hungry for a film that's already under their tent. Well, I don't it think they're money hungry. Sense. They've made their money. They're, they're after a record and who can blame them for wanting to go I I just record. don't quite understand why they went about it this way. Yeah. It's what we're still only in week 10 of its release. Why don't you wait a little longer? And especially because we have so much time between Spider-Man Far From Home and yeah. the next MCU movie. Why not do it later in the year? I know they have DVD releases and digital releases to contend with. But sure. even if they did something like, and I don't know how this would factor into box office, but doing an Infinity War Endgame mm-hmm. double feature, that sounds like a more exciting thing that maybe would have gotten me to go yet again. But when you look at it. I was looking up the Avatar Special Edition uh, release, and that movie, when it had its re-release, had 812 theaters with a $4,936 per theater average, Mm. and that's a lot higher than what Avengers had with, I think it it wound up with something like, I have the total of uh, theaters here, it was playing in just over 2,000 theaters uh, this weekend with a little over a $3,000 per theater average, and You know, it just goes to show with how many uh, theaters Avatar had that you you wait a little and you increase that need to see it again. And I just feel like it was poor timing and the end footage didn't do it. But that was also a different time. It was. It was a different time. Right? There was not nearly as many much saturation at the box office yeah. over the summertime when there's so much other so much other so many other things mm-hmm. coming out. But I also, but I think you make a great point. If you make 
people wait. Wait three months. It doesn't feel like a cash grab if you wait three months and then re-release it with new footage. It feels more like a, a, a thank you to the fans. Mm-hmm. And here's something new that we worked on and did some visual effects on and cleaned up. And you can then come and enjoy it. They call special. They made thirty million off those extra re-releases. Avatar did because they took their time in when they released them and added some stuff. And it's smart. And but when you look at this, this only made what? A as like you said, five point five domestically. Yeah, domestically, and I think another two overseas. But it's not. It's a it's a fool's gold. It's fool's gold. And mm-hmm. if they had waited three months, then people would have gotten more excited and come back to the theater. Do you think they expected this reaction? Do you think that they thought no. they were putting out enough? Because yes. typically, when pe- pe- anything they do, they give people a 30-second anything, and people are freaking out and right. digesting it like crazy. Maybe they didn't expect that. I would be I shocked remember. if they didn't expect it. At this point, I, I am willing to believe that yeah. there are much smarter people over there that know. I mean, they've been doing this for how many years now with how right. many films? They need to know how they're... Their fans typically react to certain things. And, I mean, this would have seemed like a no-brainer to me that this would have been the response. They might be smart, but look how they ended up with this. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't seem too smart how they act act the stuff on. One yeah. of their typical post credit scenes, if they had just thrown one yeah. in there, one yep. of those typical yeah. that sets or teases something yeah. or sets something up would have tipped it completely over the edge. I'm not going to give any Far From Home spoilers, I promise, but I do wonder if my extreme disappointment has something to do with how good the post credit scenes are on that movie. Yeah, that's could, a fair point. Could be, could be what's happening here, right. but anyway, a disappointment across the table here. Very briefly, I want to run you through the weekend box office overall, the top five. We had Toy Story 4 topping the charts with $57.9 million. Then Annabelle Comes Home came in with $20.4 million. Number three went to Yesterday, which overperformed with $17 million, followed by Aladdin at number four with $9.3 million. And then the last one in the top five is The Secret Life of Pets with $7.1 million. Roka, what yeah. stands out to you on the list? For me, it's yesterday, of course. I'm such a champion of this movie, having interviewed Himish Patel for The Deep Cut, which you can go listen to on Collider Conversations. I loved talking to him about this movie. I've seen it twice now. It made $17 million. It made 24 something million uh, worldwide on a $26 million budget. It was part of AMC's program that they've done here, AMC Artisan, which is a new program for the theater chain, hoping to boost theatrical business for non-tentpole films. So they're going to keep it in the theaters longer. And I like that. That's the way of pushing back against things like Booksmart and uh, other films not being able to perform at that level. And I appreciate that. So this bodes well because Danny Boyle only makes about 75% of his money back. So I think that's a positive that it's 17. It'll only grow. I can't see it making two and a half times its Hmm. budget by the end of its run, but I think it's a great week because that could have easily crashed out at eight to nine million. So. I was happy to see that. I was yeah, happy, really well. but I almost wanted a little bit more. I, yeah. I wanted. I mean, I know it's hard to top Annabelle. It's standard hard to top Nikki Novak yeah. always wanted no, that extra only bit. Because, well, yeah, true, <laughs> true. That's a whole other show. Um, <laughs> but I, I felt like, and maybe it's just because we live in LA. I felt like the marketing it was everywhere, and the concept, this concept of the Beatles, it yeah. felt like a bigger movie to me than than Seventeen. I wanted it. I wanted to see a little bit more, well, but I mean, it's not bad. It's I wouldn't bad. have minded seeing it make yeah. more too. Yeah. But I was very happy given the fact that I think I went into the weekend predicting twelve, and at that point in time right. it was on the high end of the predicted range so to see it blow that out of the water with 17 million is nice but you bring up annabelle comes home 
What a bummer. 20.4 million yeah. for three days when I think the first one opened up and it was a huge hit with 37 million. The next one made 35 million over the course of three days. And granted, this one did open up earlier in the weekend. So it's not a surprise that maybe it would be a little more front loaded and it wouldn't have as strong of a three day weekend. But this is I think this is the lowest opening for the Conjuring film franchise, unless I'm forgetting something. And it's a bummer because I thought this one was really good. And I had, yeah. A, yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I'm surprised too because it was really well reviewed for the most part. People did say that about it is that it's, it is a lot of fun. It's not, doesn't just scare you, but it makes you laugh too. It's like a really entertaining movie. So I think that's kind of a surprise. It's I think, like a playful haunted house movie. Yeah, that's how I've been describing yeah. it. Yeah, and I just think in general, I don't know, are people just waiting for Lion King? Are they waiting for like these bigger, Spider-Man. like, is that happening? Well, yeah. I've been bringing that up yeah. on yeah. like every other episode of Movie Talk right now because I do think that's what we're experiencing right yeah. now and what we could experience in for years to come mm-hmm. with all the Disney domination is the fact that these major, major blockbusters that are making Avengers Endgame sized amounts of money are basically sucking the air out of the room. You have a lot of people out there jumping from blockbuster to blockbuster, and who can blame them when certain movies that we discuss are likely going to arrive on streaming or digital very, very soon. So I don't know. I can't fault the moviegoers for it. I just wish they could find a way to level out the playing field I feel like a lot of these movies would do better, including Annabelle, if they had released it in August. August tends to be a slower month. Other than Hobbs and Shaw being, it's going to dominate it would be perfect alternative programming if you've seen Hobbs and Shaw or you don't want to see Hobbs and Shaw I think August is always the time for that sleeper hit and where people are ready to sort of let go of the blockbusters what it's gonna be Britney runs a marathon (laughs) it's not gonna it's I don't think that's gonna you know make all the monies at the box office there's a few others that are open but (laughs) you know I mean August just tends to be that time where something people sort of are willing to give the smaller movies Mm -hmm. a chance Mm -hmm. because they're done seeing the big ones and they're like okay let's go see this and with Child's Play and this horror I'd love to if horror is a crapshoot in the summer. If it's more built for yeah. fall or early spring than it is for the summer, I'd like to see if what horrors released in the, during the summer months, standard summer months, and see what their box office has been like well, consistently the, over the last 10 years. The first Conjuring was a July release. That's yeah. the one that started it all. So yeah. I don't know. It's a case-by-case, year-by-year basis yeah. right now. And yeah, the, the, the current status of the release calendar has me a little concerned. Yeah. Mm. Good things with Avengers Endgame making so much money, sure, sure. but it concerns me with some of these smaller releases. We have another story to get to today. The Jumanji trailer, of course. But before we get there, you've got Rule of Two coming your way later today. Here's a promo. Hey guys, Riley here, and let me tell you about Rule of Two. You looking for a Star Wars fix? Well, Rule of Two is that show. It drops now on Collider Video's main YouTube channel, as well as on Podcast One's Jedi Council feed. So go over there, subscribe, share it with your friends. It's hosted by myself and Mark Fernandez. We talk everything in the Star Wars universe with a lot of deep dives and a lot of conversations that go all in. You know what to do. Subscribe, join us there, and rise. And one more reminder about comic book shopping for you guys with Jake Gyllenhaal, a very special episode, and it launches tomorrow morning. So be sure to check that out as soon as it's live on the channel. Now we've got story number two, and of course, it is the first trailer for the new Jumanji movie, which now has the title Jumanji The Next Level. So in the 2017 film, we saw Alex Wolf's character inhabiting the role of Dr. Bravestone, who of course is Dwayne Johnson. This time around, though, it's Wolf's cranky grandfather who takes charge of the Bravestone character, and he's played by Danny DeVito. And then on top of that, Danny DeVito's friend, played by Danny Glover in the movie, is the one who winds up inside Kevin Hart's character's body, Mouse 
Finbar. So <laughs> you see this trailer this morning. Does it make you more hype for another Jumanji movie or not? I couldn't love this trailer more. <laughs> I could not love this trailer more. This trailer blew my mind. I love, love the twist in it. What makes me really excited is we always see The Rock. The Rock obviously can do no wrong. He does great. He's great comedically. But he's going to go have to go really over the top. And it, mm. it's almost like he's playing a character actor for the first time, in a sense. Don't raise your eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's really like just the voice alone. We've never heard. Have we ever heard The Rock do a voice Yes, before? many times. Come on. That over the top? Mm-hmm. No. He always plays kind of a version of himself. Same one thing. Yeah. I hear you. King. The Fast and Furious I'm movies, to raise he goes one pretty over the top in the Fast and Furious movies. Well, he's over movies. the top in everything. That, but, there, there we go. Yeah, but he's playing The Rock. You've never seen him sort of do a different type You ever seen of... Be Cool? When he's in Be Cool, he is funny it. in Be Cool. Yeah. Yeah, but lately. You know what I mean? Like okay. in the last 10 years. You keep shifting the goalposts, but I'll accept your argument. <laughs> I tend to do that. Again, another show. I think the point is within the confines of the Jumanji franchise, yeah. this to me felt like a very fresh spin on it. We already saw what it was like when the kids went into certain characters, but here it's something a little different, especially because you still have the foundation of, of Karen Gillan being played by the same yes. the same uh, young actor yeah. kind of thing. And uh, just with the switch up with that, I think it's going to have a really fresh feel. And I'm just curious to know like i genuinely want to know what happened to alex wolf like yeah, where did yeah. he go Th- this is my concern about the trailer as much and i love the rock and i did this junket so i would love to maybe do the junket again but like this trailer does not 100 percent excite me i don't want to see two old men and young bodies like i just don't i want to i like the idea of four young kids and discovering what their situation is they're older now we see alex at the beginning we certainly see bethany we see martha we see fridge but then when this jumps in it becomes fridge the old uh, danny devito the old danny glover and then it, and uh, martha martha so i'm just like oh so you took one girl i replaced with a dude like just i'm just like to me it feels a little weird to go this route so maybe alex is another avatar in the game and maybe bethany landed someplace else so that might be part of the journey i would like to see that in the trailer but we do get jonas coming back i don't know who the asian actress Aquafina. i don't know who she's playing though what oh, yeah, avatar no she clue. might be if she's an avatar if she's an avatar yeah right yeah. if she's an avatar so that like, excites me technically I, now i forget how nick jonas factored in but is it possible for jonas was or? jonas was uh, what he jonas was is the colin hex character he, oh and he was trapped he becomes in, colin right, hex. sorry right, right, now right. we're spoiling the first jumanji movie oh, for but that's <laughs> yeah, a while ago already he was trapped in there we need a re-release of jumanji maybe maybe alex wolf winds up in him right right and this, this sounds so awkward i really don't like saying that the song, <laughs> i've said it like four times this episode well the song is also the game of love so uh no. all's fair in the game of love so who knows what do you think against old men hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing against old men i love danny glover and danny devito but i like that jumanji had a young energy but it's going I, to have a young energy where how is it not gonna have a young energy who's gonna, gonna be have, the young energy because who are you watching on camera they're just doing different voices well it's gonna be the rock like, playing an old well, man and kevin hart playing an old man and think about just video game culture right now. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your background or your gender or anything is. Everybody games. Everybody at any age can game and enjoy it. And I think that's going to be something that might shine through here. Okay. But I agree with you. The Karen <laughs> the Karen Gillan stuff, having her the same and bouncing yeah. off those personalities, I thought it was a I love really Karen Gillan. Karen I love her. Too. Yeah, her. So She's in, so good. She, she owns this trailer. Yeah. Karen Gillan does. So her and The Rock working together, that'll be fun to see again. Certainly. The dynamic looks amazing. Alright, alright. Yeah. A little split here, but yeah. I feel like we came down somewhat positive, sure. except Roka something against older people. Got the old man over there. <laughs> All right, I think, <laughs> I think we've got time for one live chat question. Let's grab. Oh boy, this is a rumor from who? From Wo Rang, who's asking. Rumors going around saying Vanessa Kirby is 
going to be Catwoman. So, yeah, I forget where this rumor originated, but just keep in mind, this is only a rumor right now. Who knows where this could have come from? I don't believe the studio has confirmed anything. So we're just going to toss it around right now for fun. If this winds up being true, would you like it? This would be the best news I could hear. I love her so much. And I already, I interviewed her for Hobbs and Shaw already. And she is one of the most incredible people. She's so mm-hmm. engaging, but she's also, what's really cool about her is we were talking about a lot of the action that she's been doing lately, and she sort of talked about right. how she just feels like such a fish mm-hmm. out of water. Like, this is, she did not grow up athletic. She's not that person, but just the way you watch her throw it, herself into it, I think it would be perfect casting. Yeah. So I yeah. side with Nikki yet again. Okay. Does that mean you're going to fall on the opposite side of the uh, line? No, I'm curious about this because I liked her. I obviously loved her in The Crown. It's a great series. And I enjoyed her work in the Mission Impossible Fallout mm-hmm. film. Yeah. So, and judging from the trailer, she looks fantastic in the trailer. So would this work? Yes. She's certainly very sexy, can play it. And certainly the age range of Robert Pattinson. My choice is Emily Blunt, but that may be out of the age range a little bit of Robert Pattinson. I don't know. But this is a nice choice. It'd be a very interesting choice, certainly. And I've never seen a bad Catwoman on screen. So Vanessa could be following a really great tradition in that way. Yep. I reiterate that. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited and hope this proves to be true. But who knows? It's a rumor. Remember that. All right. Very briefly, Kenny Todd wants to know, anyone excited about Knives Out trailer tomorrow? Yes, yes, yes. yes. I can't wait to see what this is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Don Johnson, when I interviewed, talked about it all the time. He loved it. He, he said he had a great time being on the set. He just raved about working with Ryan Johnson, raved about working with this cast. Says uh, uh, Lake Keith Stanfield is an absolute standout in this, and Anna Diarmas is the lead, lead of the movie. Says she's fantastic. She's so uh, I, I am looking forward to this as well. And plus, Ryan, Ryan could use some love after all that Last Jedi crap. Yeah, love. And Lakeith, I interviewed him at Comic-Con, and he came in to the interview in this weird character and stating character for the, the whole thing. Interview. Did we have the same interview? <laughs> did he have the net over his or face? De- I, he didn't have a net over his face, but he, he, said, he said some unusual things to me during our Death Note interview. Yeah, yeah same. I don't think I'm anybody saying. at Collider will ever forget that specific interview. Well, I didn't even realize he was going to do it because we didn't really get a chance to chat ahead of time. And so when I started asking him questions, I was like, wait. I'm pretty wait, sure at one happening? point in the middle of our chat, we were like talking about something super serious and he leans over to me and he said something along the lines of like do you believe in the devil or something <laughs> oh i'm probably one of the only people he could have said that to that would have just not you know freaked out right, in the moment right. <laughs> That's oh my God. now after we re- rewatch your interview <laughs> i'll share the link with you later all right guys you can bet we're going to talk about that knives out trailer tomorrow on movie talk if it arrives before 3 p.m pt live that is Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today. Roka, as always, happy to have you here. Adam in the booth. uh, Dory to the live chat. I don't know what I just said. (laughs) All right, guys, we are out. That's a wrap on Monday Movie Talk. Please do not forget to like and share this episode and then tune in tomorrow, 3 p.m. PT Live for a brand new episode. (laughs) Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast. 
from negative to positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 